welcome to episode 64 of the Minutes with the Mayor podcast. My name is Derek Montia, occasionally known as your mayor of Reseda, California. And I want to thank you guys so much for joining me again. Very excited to be back, and I'm very excited to be doing this show again. I have missed talking to some of my favorite people in professional wrestling. I, I have been, I've still been doing it. I just haven't been recording it. So here we are, back to doing some of your favorite meetings with the mayor. And I'm excited to have uh, some of the guests we're, we have coming up. In this week's episode, I'm very excited to have one of my favorite people in professional wrestling. Uh, it's the one and only Effie. Uh, if you know Effie, Effie is a professional wrestler from uh, GCW, Battle Pro. There's a lot of places where Effie's premiered Fest Wrestling. Uh, you may know Effie from the time that he beat up Izzy. There's a lot of good times that Effie has provided us with. And we are talking on this week's show about Effie's Big Gay Brunch which is an event that is coming up during WrestleMania weekend in Tampa, Florida, or as what we'll, what we'll get to call it, which is just that weekend in Tampa. Um, but there is this amazing show happening with Effie. It's on April 4th, 2020 at the Cuban Club in Tampa. Um, and I wanted to talk to Effie all about not only that show, but his big last year that he's had in the Indies. Uh, representing the LGBTQ community and and just the way wrestling has embraced that community over the last few years uh, and and so much more. So here is this week's meeting with Effie. The big gay brunch. So I I think that this is one of the greatest things ever. I think it's. Uh, it's just one of the things that GCW really does well, which is let you guys be yourselves and put on a show the way that you'd want to put on a show. They're, they're not scared of like just putting weird stuff out there just to see if people are into it. And we felt that there was enough energy behind this and enough people clamoring a little bit to say, look, let's just, let's number one, like here's our self-importance, right? Like here's our platform Here's here's our shot. Here's our chance to put shine on people who normally don't have shine on them or, you know, maybe some unknowns. But the other side is like, let's also let's have a big gay rager and like throw this big wrestling party and see how out of control we can get when we're not like because usually when, you know, gay people, queer people where it shows, we're kind of trying to mute it out um, and make sure we're not like being too much. Like, don't be too much. Like, don't, do you have to show up in full drag to the wrestling show? Is it, but like now this is an opportunity to just go through all that. We're going to be real, real gay. I love that too. And I love that. And I, and I want to say like, just, you know, growing up when I did and, and growing up as a wrestling fan and always having like the, having it be gay kind of thrown around at me as like, both ridiculing gay people and ridiculing wrestling at the same time. Right. But it's so refreshing now to, to be able to see people like yourself, people like Pero, just a lot of you guys that, that are, I mean, I don't know, like such awesome people and, and awesome characters. And you're also gay and, and you totally are, you know, a fantastic representation of, of that, you know, like you just, you represent it very well and, and you make it one of those things, I think for a lot of people to like kind of just 
make it more acceptable. I don't, I think. Right. I mean, is that part yeah, of and, and, and more in your face? Like somebody told me the other day, they were like, we need more, we need more angry gays and yes. like, not like yes. angry, like they're going to beat you up all the time, but angry, like you better not get in that one's way because he will, he will tear you down if he needs to, but otherwise it's going to be a very pleasant exchange, but just kind of having that little ace in your back pocket of like, well, I'm going to run amok. I'm going to do whatever I want. And you can either get behind it or you can get in my way and I will read you to filth and you will feel worse about it. And then you will get in line. It's, it's sort of like this domineering effect of personality where now that it's celebrated, we're sort of taking it back into power and being like, okay, now, now we've been given the floor. Let's get a little rowdy with this. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the thing too, is, is like all, all wrestlers, no matter what the character is, no matter what the angle is, most of the time, the, the, there's there's a I'm a badass kind of behind it right and I think that's something that that Effie has always gotten my attention about the things that you've done has always been like almost kind of like luring you in thinking that I'm 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 this fragile little thing and then just whooping some dude's ass you know and I, and I, exactly. I think I love that well and then I, I think there's another aspect to it too where like I've sort of gotten the opinion of not keeping my mouth shut even when it isn't necessarily advantageous to me. And I think there's an element to the Effie character that's like, look, I know I'm talking all this shit right now and I'm acting like a big shot and I'm acting fancy and I'm throwing shade and, and, and being a bit of an asshole. But I also, when I get put in these fights and situations, I fight pretty hard, but I also get my ass kicked a good bit too. And I think there's, um, there's a redemption to me talking and being such a shithead or being really opinionated and vocal about something, but also being willing to like, take the punch in the face when it pisses somebody off. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Right. When it's, when it's appropriate and, and you've had a big year over the last year, it seems like, what do you attribute that to? Like, is that to kind of working the country more or is it just been, you know, the attention that you've received over, you know, people kind of sharing your, your matches and, and stuff like that? Well, I mean, yeah, definitely word of mouth spreads. Like I hit a point where I was working, you know, in a lot of more rural places, smaller indies, and I'm sitting and I'm looking at myself and I'm going, okay, I know I'm doing well at this. I know what I'm doing is connecting with the people I'm in front of. How do we get more eyes on it? Is it necessarily, is it the product that needs to be reinvented that you're putting out and that's not why you're getting to all these places or is it just that you're not in front of the right people? And lo and behold, once the right people start seeing what you're doing, they put you in those bigger positions and they, and they let you see those spots. And like, you still have to go out there and do everything. You still have to be the performer, but you know, having the benefit of that sort of repetition of doing it so much for years, it, when you finally get put in those spots and people do see it, you're not necessarily changing what you're doing, but now you're getting to spread it out to a much larger platform. And because of that, it, it catches quickly. Promoters talk. If they have a good experience with you, if the crowd got into you, if maybe you sold some tickets or there was an impressive you know situation with putting you on the show, promoters are happy to share that information because they want their business to go up too. So once you start getting seen and seen, it really is like a super uh, forest fire of just pick up and you've got to be able to perform at that level. And it jumps at you fast. Like you're, there's no handbook. You just sort of are like, okay, well I was doing this in front of 45 people in Alabama, you know, eight months ago. How, how do I change my performance style or how do I approach this differently? Um, while still maintaining like why I was here in the first place. Do you, do you also think that the hardcore aspect of, 
of your character and just the matches that you've had also kind of lend to the legend of your character? Oh, definitely. I mean, there's like, listen, I really, I know this sounds like a mean girls quote. I'm really trying to get the idea of the word juxtaposition, (laughs) juxta juxtaposition. I wanted to get rid of the word juxtaposition. I think it should just be called juxt. There's no other word called juxt. And I think it would make sense. So I'm just saying, with the Effie character that sort of like puts it, puts it out there in a, um, in a very obvious way. I don't know if anything I just said made sense on that. I kind of got lost in my own sauce. No, no, no. I'm, I'm with you still. I'm with you still. Okay, good. Uh, but making sure. Yeah, no, I, and, and I think that's it, right? I think you come to expect certain things. There's certain stereotypes about, uh, any, any kind of LGBTQ character that someone might see. And I think that again, yeah, the, the I, backing up of, 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 of the shit talking is really where it gets pretty fun to watch as well. And I get to sort of like create the mood for all of these matches or situations. Like it may be something that's sort of out of what your expected wheelhouse for a more flamboyant character would be. And, you know, by having the access to make videos and make promotional stuff and, and put a story on a match that may not otherwise be anything more than like an exhibition contest, you can sort of, um, knowing the way the match is going to be, knowing if it's going to be hardcore or something different or funny or, you know, just a straight up wrestling match, you can build this world around it to kind of put a little more hype. And I think having, something with a little more teeth in it. If you're the kind of person who wants to look into more of the story and what's going on and what are the motivations of these characters that are in front of me right now versus just showing up and saying, I just want to watch them wrestling, which is cool too, but also giving the opportunity to say, look, if you want to feel this out, we've been thinking this through and being able to kind of tell those stories specific to whatever the opponent or the match or the venue or the, or the moment is. Right. And, and see, I think that that versatility where you can adapt to the match type, to the opponent, to whatever you need to be is a big part of it. Too many, uh, too many guys might be stuck in one kind of way of, of being, or one kind of aspect of their character. To me, that's, that, that's kind of where things kind of get boring. Like I, I'll, I'll watch those clips. I'll then watch your matches. I'll get excited for you. But if, if all you are is that kind of one trick pony thing, I mean, it's, it's something that's not going to carry over to me as a fan, like wanting to see more, more about you wanting to see, you know, I'll just, I'll just catch those clips online. Right. Yeah. And I think guys sometimes forget how digital it is. Like when it was 1974, right. And you're just going between these weird arenas, running territories. Nobody saw you the night before that was in the building tonight. Nobody's going to see you the night after. And so some of the concepts in wrestling that are sort of this repetition model, which like, you should have repetition of what you're doing, but there, there really got to be a point in the last, you know, probably two years ago where it seemed like I could probably predict every indie match. I knew what moves you were going to do. And there's still some of this, this day, I knew how it was going to be countered. I knew what was going to throw here, what, what your falsies were going to be, what the finish would probably be, who was probably going over. And you could sort of predict these matches. And now there seems to have been like a little bit of a shift towards, doing something that's a little more, I wouldn't say like a stage play necessarily, but there seems to be a little more cohesion towards storytelling and towards building up more human emotions in these characters rather than just spot, 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 which is impressive, very impressive. But the longevity of it can only be so much because we're starting to, you start to feel the pattern. And as a consumer spending your money, how many times do you see the same pattern before you go, okay, well, we might go to the movies instead this Friday. 
Man, I'll tell you, I, I can't... I tell people this all the time, but I get exhausted by night two of B- Bola, right? I go to PWG Bola, and by the night two, I, I mean, and they're not doing the same stuff. It's just, it's it's all of this jaw-dropping, like, amazing stuff. And by the time night two comes around, I, I don't have the energy to even get excited about the flips and the things going on anymore, right? So, like, you're absolutely right. There is, you know, there there's that aspect to it. Uh, did you have a moment, do you remember there being a moment, a night where you put it all together as far as like your character and, and everything where you, you just felt like it clicked and, and you were like, I, I think this is it. Um, like I obviously have sort of a, a pattern of my own now character wise of what you're going to expect when you see me. And like the standard is going to be, I'm going to be wearing fishnets. I'm going to be wearing a pretty spiky fancy jacket. I'm going to come out to probably Elton John and I'm going to get in the ring. And, but once, once I sort of hit that point and that's done, um, it's, it's sort of a free for all there. I feel like every week I'm going into a new situation. I'm going into a new form of storytelling. I'm going into a new opponent. I mean, it, you're putting two improvisers in a room and saying like, figure out the story here, boys, most of the time. And there's obviously like, I know what everything in my character stands for. The, the jacket being flashy and spiky is sort of clearly like it's glamour, vengeance, violence. Wearing the fishnets is sort of pointing at like the humor and the and the queerness and the femininity that's in there. And also like I've told people before where they're like, you're wearing gay pantyhose. I go, no, no. I go, did you see the Predator films? The Predator aliens wear the same exact armor. And so like, you can fuck with homophobes. You can fuck with these backwards people by like being like, no, what are you talking? You think I'm cross dressing right now? You're a fool. Do you not remember, uh, Carl Weathers and, and Jesse Ventura? God, I love that so much. Right. Like it's, you know, and you go back and watch it, you go, they were, but it's standard. It's easy to visualize. But from there, it's like, I feel like the possibilities are endless. And there's like, obviously, the way I do it, I overthink everything. And there's sort of elements to this character that are darker than what may present on the surface. And I think there is something about, there's an ultimate positivity to some of the stuff FP puts out, right? Like the big gay brunch, you look at the marketing, it's the most exciting, gay, crazy, wonderful thing. But I've also studied just like the effects of media on people and the effects of, of sort of this mind control of popular culture. And I think there's a darker side to Effie that you can figure out if you go through some old YouTubes where I sort of represent like the good and evil of what the devil may actually be in my mind. And it sort of pushes you towards consume what you want and do what you want and live how you want. And there's not really any consequences and hell isn't so bad. And we're having a great time, aren't we? Purchase another thing, buy a shirt, come to the show, live your life. Ignore the bad stuff. Don't worry about the problems. Don't worry about all this other crap. We got you over here. And not that it reflects poorly on people who follow as my fans, but because it sort of creates a bubble towards people who don't fit in that world. Where I'm going, where they're going, this looks fun over here. What are you guys doing? And I go, we're doing gay satanic shit and you can't stop us. And they go, oh, and they go away. But they see how much fun everybody's having. And they're sort of like, maybe everything I've been thinking is a lie. That's sort of the impression I want to leave in people's mouths when they look into it too much. God, I love that so much. And and yeah, that's that's I guess that's also the purpose of the Bicurious Battle Royal, right? Of course. Like, here's the thing. Everybody wants these gay shows to be so polite and respectful and like listen 
I've got every kind of representation you can imagine here, all races, all countries, international, all genders, no genders, anything you want, you're going to find it at Effie's Big Gay Brunch. But we want to be inclusive too. We left, we got left out for a long time, right? We, yeah. we got left out in the rain. We want to give a little, a little opportunity. So we said, look, you may not be gay. You may not be bi or lesbian or trans or gender questioning or just not sure at all. But if you will admit that you're a little bit curious, maybe there's something there. Maybe you haven't tested it. Maybe you're feeling some type of way. We'll get you on the show. And the fact that we've been able to flip the script on this, this idea of like, well, you got to be, you know, we don't need no gay performers around here too. Now there's this hot show that is queer centric and queer focused. And we're going to, we're going to have all the straight guys admit that they're a little bi curious too, to be a part of something this gay. And that's the greatest Kaufman-esque comedy that I can think of right now. God, I, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. And not only that, but I mean, overall, I think that, you know, you, you kind of hit on something there, which is there's, there's this thing when it comes to any minority, right. Where there's, there's like this, this booking idea where there's one on the show or something, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's, and we, we were talking about that at one of the shows we went to go see. Not, I don't even remember what it was, but it was during one of the WrestleMania weekends. And, you know, it was, it was, uh, a, a, a woke show, but again, you're like, okay, well you, you, you checked one off the list here on all of this. And then you still booked a bunch of like guys that wrestled in WWE and stuff like that. Like, you know, there's times where, you know, where, where, when you're, when you're talking about being a certain way, you know, I, I, I want to see you go fully with it. And I can't think of any show that goes fully with it more than the big gay brunch. Like that's, it's amazing. And I think it's going to be the most talked about show of the weekend, to be honest. Well, and I think it proves, and I hope it does, and I I think it'll be a great success. I think it proves kind of a larger point, which is what I've been noticing and kind of what you hinted at earlier is like, hey, you have been going all over the country. And what I've noticed is like even at these these places that are more established or at these newer places, there's this undercurrent of new people coming in. And a lot of these people have these sort of punk or hardcore roots or have sort of DIY ethic roots or even just LGBTQ people who are like, yo, we're pretty weird with you. We're here with you. Mm-hmm. Let's do this thing and have some fun. We don't usually go to stuff like this, but we can make it happen now. And to be able to put that in like a big weekend like WrestleMania and say, I've known about all these people that would come to these shows, that would make these shows profitable, that would make putting these talent on shows profitable. I know the secret. And now I get to show you. And hopefully what it does is sort of springboards because monkey see, monkey do. If they see something successful with all these exciting queer talents, then what are we going to see within the next year? Are we going to see sort of a new crop that falls into the shortlist, you know, that falls into the list of people who are constantly making the money being around? And it's like we're not asking that gay people be put on a different pedestal. It's just sort of the concept of like let's at least – if you're going to win a jumping contest, you shouldn't do it with a fucking trampoline. Let's at least all be jumping from the same platform. So hopefully we're lifting the platform up a little bit so that at least we get the eyes on it. What's good is good if it if it is meant to rise to the top. Once it is seen and has the opportunity to be seen, it will flourish. And I think we're going to see a lot of flourishing out of this show. Who do you think at this show that you've booked is going to be somebody that maybe not a lot of people have seen either here in the States or period that is going to make a big impression on fans you know, going forward once, once they do get these eyes on them. 
A hundred percent. So I think thinking out loud, like first off, this isn't going to be something that's going to be like the new jam, but I don't think a lot of people have seen Cassandro work. Mama Lucha, Cassandro, El Exotico. Cassandro is a dual Mexican American citizen, uh, has been wrestling Lucha Libre for a very long time, has a contract currently with AAA, is one of the original exoticos and they were sort of gender bending drag queen ass wrestlers who were doing all of the high flying lucha who were working most of the time as baby faces but as cassandra has said face a lot of homophobia in mexico attacks in mexico has been you know attacked in the street for being gay in mexico but has continued wrestling and has done so for a very long time and had a very prosperous career but a lot of american wrestling fans aren't very familiar and cassandra is someone who he's i think he's right near 48 49 i won't say 50 out of respect i don't know exactly how old it is but when he's in the ring he goes 120 miles an hour 100 percent. i mean you wouldn't believe the guys a day over 23 watching him work it's incredible and so i think people are going to be able to see like look this has been going on and this person has been fighting this for a while and it looks good now but like don't ever forget about your history and who was here before you i hope Cassandro sees sees a a big reaction and obviously there's a lot of like newer talent too we're putting out on the show. Like somebody I'm really excited about is Still Life with Apricots and Pears. Uh, I am fascinated by Still Life with Apricots and Pears. I like I am too. Yeah. And it's seeing a Chikara creation sort of come out that is that is new and now and accepted. I don't even think conceptually that it would have been something that was possible a few years ago to have in any sort of mainstream platform. And they have created this world where still life is art. Still life exists as art. Yes. Still life is on display as art. And they get to show this in these wrestling matches and they trained with Chikara. So the skill is there and now it's on a huge stage and is going to be, I think something you, you talk about representation, how many non-binary people have felt represented in professional wrestling before? Not many. No, not at all. Not at all. And I, I think the other thing too, is it's, it's a thing that not a lot of people even, you know, understand, you know, I, I, I come from a place honestly of, of ignorance when it comes to a lot of this stuff, right? I'm 39 years old now and I, you know, grew up during a time where it was, you know, it was, it was just, shit was dumb, right? There was a lot of homophobia. I had a lot of homophobia, like, in in my life, but I don't think it was anything overt, just kind of a general one of those, like, it's a, it's the times kind of thing, right? But I right. think that's one of the things that's been freeing and, and ultimately really enjoyable about pro wrestling more than anything, right? Like, I, I you know, I'm very happy to see you know, people in other walks of life, you know, be able to come out and, and be athletes and, and be, uh, you know, actors, actresses, celebrities, everything else. Right. But for me, pro wrestling is my jam. And I love just kind of this period of time where it, it's not, it's not just that, that there are so many different wrestlers that represent the LGBTQ community. It's also the characters, right? I think, and that's what I, I love about you. I love about you is your character. I think of it this way, and like you said, like you've seen a lot of wrestling, right? Like I tuned in this year and I watched a Monday Night Raw, not necessarily on purpose, during <laughs> the Survivor Series time. Sure. And Michael, so, so that Cole was during one trying, of the better times, right? So this like Survivor is, this Series is an okay was time, considered I guess. pretty good, right? But something threw me the fuck off, which was 
there's having this big Survivor Series match, and Michael Cole is trying his goddamn best, and they're talking about who will have brand supremacy, who will be the supreme brand. Dog, I, what, what, what grown person is going? To, if we don't beat them and show our supreme brand, brother, we're gonna have a problem. <laughs> Really, what I'm saying is that by including new people and representing new people, you not only have the opportunity to, you know, go, yay, look at you. We gave everyone a chance. Sure. But you have stories being told that are authentic, right. that are new to the world of wrestling, that are authentic to the world of wrestling. And there are ways to tell stories with nuance and with class or not or not at all and make them wild and crazy and insane that wouldn't be able to be told by the people who are telling most of the stories on television now. And we've got to highlight that and keep pushing that. Like, look, I know you think it's weird or different or not what you grew up with, but I'm going to show you myself that this is a damn viable option and that wrestling isn't necessarily stuck in what you think it is. And instead of like waiting around for the opportunities, what's happened in a lot of cases is we've looked at each other and gone, Let's do this thing. Let's figure this out. Let's get in these places. Let's show them and make sure they know it's undeniable. And now seeing the progress of where we're at, I hope this is sort of at least a, a stepping stone, a milestone towards something bigger. And we'll keep watching it grow. Right. Well, and, and WWE used to be WWF used to be the one that pushed the envelope. And those days are over because. They are this corporate thing now. And yeah, dude, to, they bow to the shareholders and the Shah himself, absolutely. the Saudi Arabian king. Absolutely. You talk about attitude and rebellion and being a badass. Listen, it's gone. It's this gone. Is, it's, stock, it's stock reports, my man. It's like, <laughs> what world is this still the most badass? It's It used to feel anti-corporate. Even wrestling itself felt sort of like this otherworldly weird how does this how is this even allowed to exist this is crazy in this kayfabe times to sort of like how is this allowed to exist why are we talking about this the same way we talk about uber and dividends and you know <laughs> who's going to be profitable to the company right and the idea of sort of that like the wwe is bigger than everything even if you're sting or goldberg or the undertaker you will never be bigger than the company at large and I think that's gross, and we have to celebrate the performer. There's obviously a lot of people who put work into wrestling shows, right? Like a ton. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But, but you still have to have the wrestling, and to not put the importance on your performer, or at least pay their fucking plane tickets, it's crazy <laughs> that that's our goal. I look yeah. around, and everybody's like, well, what's your goal? What's, what's your end goal with this? Yeah. Is it TV? Is it this? Is it? And I go, if your fucking end goal is the same fucking end goal that they had in 1996 – which is to pop cable ratings, brother, and get a TV contract and make a decent wage, go sit down with your baby-ass boring goals. The goal is to take wrestling to where it needs to be, which is this is the greatest form of entertainment. This is live. This is in your face. This is happening right in front of you. This is Oscar-level acting every night done improvisationally, and we're going to take it to the next level. There's a lot of people who say, well, it's always going to be a niche. Yeah, but it, it can be a bigger niche. It can be a niche that maybe 20% instead of 3% of the country participates and watches in. And by including these new people, these new voices, these new faces, we're giving the opportunity to say, look, we can bring these new people in and you guys were being too small minded to see it. God, I, I couldn't have said it any better. That is sorry. That I get is pumped little, about this shit. No, I mean, but uh, you're, you're absolutely right. And that's why I think to be honest, uh, that's why game changer wrestling 
is, you know, to me, it's the new rebellion. It's the new, we'll do things our way and we don't really care what anyone thinks or says. We'll do a backyard wrestling show. We'll let wrestlers have their own wrestling shows and and be the bookers of the shows and have it be, you know, kind of towards their personalities and and themes and, and things like that. Uh, they've, they've been, they've, they've seemed to be unafraid to do anything like that. And it's won my respect considerably. I love GCW shows. It's one of the few promotions that if I ever get the chance to go see one, I absolutely do snap, snag up tickets to go. And, and I think that that's, you know, I, I think that's the big reason why is, is the, 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 the willingness to be that rebellious wrestling that I, I, I grew up loving, you know? Yeah, and I sort of I look at it this way where GCW and the fan base of GCW, there's a level of trust. And because of what they've done, and they took some early risks modeling a lot of, you know, today's modern hardcore and bringing it to a new level. You know, obviously these things, these elements, these deathmatch things were there, but they've always been sort of on the cutting edge of like, well, the cutting edge of like what is new and what is now and what is happening. And luckily the people have spoken by, like you said, purchasing the tickets because there's a level of trust of we will give you different options. We will give you different cities. We will give you different wrestlers. We will give you different themes, but we will always try to give you the best product possible. And if I wasn't being booked by GCW, I'm a big conspiracy theory guy. I would tell you that they're being funded by somebody because you look at the cards they put on, you look at how well they sell tickets. Yes. You look at how fast they sell tickets, how many shows they sell out a year. And you think somebody's, this is too good to be true. It's so funny you say that because I thought that when I first started seeing the Janela videos that he would do uh, with, I think it was, what's his name? Giancarlo. Uh, Yeah, Giancarlo, who's working with the WWE now. Right. Obviously, yeah, it's going to happen to all of us, I guess. I don't know, but everybody (laughs) needs to run. But uh, I, I, I think that you're right, though. Sometimes the production and the, I don't know, just how well everything is put together really surprises me considering that it's outlaw mud wrestling, you know, all of that. Like, it, well, it's, it's yeah, but well then I start to show. think about, they follow a really, a really big game plan and rule of, they can't say the worst thing that I can say is no. And talking about the way Janela makes these videos and these match out announcements and hypes and the way they put their shows out visually, they've sort of reached into a different community outside of wrestling. Like we get stuck in this bubble and they've sort of found people who are like, we're passionate about making art and making this cool stuff. And we see what you're doing. A lot of times wrestling is afraid to sort of reach across the aisle, but there's a lot of other media forms and art forms that we can benefit from. And when you kind of reach into that, yeah, it starts to feel a little edgier and a little crazier because it's more current than what we've been doing for years, which is replicating wrestling culture. We're reaching outside of it and people respond to that and they speak with their dollar and like seeing the things that GCW is going to be able to do over the next year because of the trust they've built, because of the streaming they do, because of the way they put their shows out, because of the fuck you attitude and sort of the like, you don't know what the fuck you're going to see on the show. Um, And second, I know this is vulgar, but I said this the other day and it sounded perfect to me. There's a lot of shows in wrestling that still live on the edge of we got to edge these people. We got to edge them. We got to get them back next month. So we got to edge them. How do we leave them on the seat? There's no real conclusion. There might be two conclusions, one conclusion a year, a big show. How do we keep them coming back? You know, GCW lets you bust your nut every time. And then <laughs> you go, it's not going to be as good this time. I busted my nut last time. It's as good every time. And you're definitely going to bust. And 
knowing that and having that promise with a consumer that like, we promise you, we're going to give you all this shit. We're not going to hold this shit back. We're not going to, we're not going to winch you along. We're going to give you this fucking power energy as much as we can. And that's the vibe in the locker room there too, which is yeah. just, yo, we got to give them a damn show tonight. These people showed up to see us. And obviously Nick Gage is a big leader in that of like, we're not, we're not here to just give half ass on anything. And having that sort of energy, I mean, it's like as a performer, that's the best energy you can get. If you show up to a gig and everybody's like, God damn, I don't want to do this shit. Of course you're going to be, well, I guess, yeah, I guess I don't. But man, when you show up and Nick Gage is telling you that we're we're doing it hardcore tonight and let's go crazy, <laughs> you're ready to go. I've never met anybody that's as intense all the time as Nick Gage is. It, that's a freaking shoot, man. <laughs> he, he's he's <laughs> never not like that. <laughs> Anyway, man. Ready to go. Well, I tell you, get ready to bust your nut at Effie's Big Gay Brunch because it's going to happen <laughs> April 4th, oh my God. 2020 at it Cuban is happen. Club in Tampa. Uh, go ahead and get your tickets at Make It MakeItGayer.eventbrite.com, which is a fantastic link. Uh, right. And, Isn't that fun? Oh, it's so much fun. It's all so and much And look, fun. like, listen, guys, I'm going to be honest. There's probably going to be general admission tickets available day of. We're running the huge venue because I'm a risky motherfucker and I want to see my shit play out. Sure. So if you could please, if you're going to come, just go ahead and get your ticket. We've sold a lot. We sold a bunch of the seated seats. I want to get rid of those, like, fifth and sixth row seats. I want to get rid of some of those bleacher seats just so I have the peace of mind that uh, once I pay for everybody's flights from Japan – uh, in Mexico that I'll be able to walk home with a little bit of money. We got to make that happen. And I'll <laughs> tell you this much. If you are in Tampa for WrestleMania weekend, go there for the other shows, man. Don't be afraid yeah. to go there. Uh, get in on Thursday, have a good time, uh, rock all the little shows and, and go to Effie's big gay brunch and all the fun that you need to have. And then leave on Sunday. Don't, you yeah, have guys, to go here's to the, the thing. Nobody's staying for Sunday this year. Yeah. Like it's We know. I'm not even calling it Mania Weekend anymore. The people, the, you're going, well, you, they're sold out the stadium. You know, there's a lot of people just coming to Tampa for what GCW is putting together for these other indie shows that are happening. Absolutely. Uh, and then they're getting out of town because, let me tell you, wrestling, when it's in front of a certain amount of people, becomes tiresome. If you're going to go watch it, watch it right in front of you. You don't necessarily want to watch the screen all night while the sun is setting in your eyes, and then you got to figure out how to get home uh-huh. in the Uber six hundred dollars. Uh-huh. What are you right. doing? Pay twenty five right. bucks and come to my show. Uh, I'll tell you and scream shit. He's not wrong. And watch drag queens and gay wrestling. What are you? Are you kidding me? This is the easiest choice of your life. Spend, spend eight $300 hours. Three hundred dollars for floor seats. Uh, yeah, spend you eight, stupid asshole. Spend eight hours in a state. What do you work there? Eight hours? Come on, man. Eight better, hours. Better things to do with your time. Well, we got to be there for the pre-show, dog. No. They don't care about you. No, you do not. You do not. <laughs> They're going to get beer. Sit down. See do your run. I don't know. Effie, I love you. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> Uh, you can get Effie on Twitter at Effie Lives and please check him out uh, at a show near you. But most importantly, fly to Tampa and go to the Big Gay Brunch. God, or take a Greyhound. I don't care how you have to do it. Yeah, it doesn't matter how you get there. Just get there. Just get there. Buses aren't that bad. <laughs> well, thank you guys again so much for listening to episode 64 of the Minutes with the Mayor podcast. Uh, you can get me on Twitter at cap underscore caveman with a K. But of course, all roads lead to at the Steel Cage. Uh, please check out our shop. It's thesteelcageshop.com. Our shirts are the king of soft style. And as always, thank you so much for joining us on behalf of Effie, his big gay brunch, and myself. 
this week's meeting is adjourned.